When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. The big news that's developing at the moment is that North Melbourne seem to be uh, looking at handling what's happened with Taryn Thomas because at this stage there's been reports that uh, he's got himself into a little bit of trouble. Um... We'll bring you some details on that in a moment on exactly how that's uh, played out. But the boys on the run home, Hayes and Mardo, mentioned uh, a bit about Taryn Thomas, who supposedly and allegedly is under a little bit of investigation. And the other news, Jimmy mentioned it also in the updates, that the Perth Wildcats captain, Jesse Wagstaff, can accept a one-match suspension for the screen, which concussed Melbourne United's Lockie Barker on Friday night. By the way, good call of the match too, Jimmy. Did a good job there. Or take the case to the NBL Tribunal and risk being banned for two games. He's got until 3 o'clock on Wednesday to make a decision on whether to accept the suspension or fight the charge. The other story that's certainly uh, grabbing the attention of many is what's happening with the Australian Diamonds. And as we know, they've now gone 2-0 down in the four-test series against the New Zealand Silver Ferns. They were beaten again. And the other conjecture is what's happening regarding the sponsorship that now has been put on the back burner. The, uh, and the Diamonds players have closed ranks after a uh, week of on-court defeats and off-court controversy, heading home on the brink of losing that second straight Constellation Cup for the first time. Now, Stacey Marinkovic's side have swapped New Zealand for Melbourne today. They've flown up to Melbourne and they're looking at snapping uh, that run of two successive losses already to New Zealand. The Australians will play their first home tests since 2019 on Wednesday night in Melbourne and on the Gold Coast on Sunday. And they need collectively from an aggregate point of view to win by more than 13 goals to possibly uh, steal the Constellation Cup from the Silver Ferns, who hold a 2-0 lead at the moment. In fact, on Saturday, they're no doubt missing. Nat Medhurst is my co-host on the Ladbrokes Lounge on a Saturday morning. Of course, a former champion Australian Diamonds player says that Gretel Buetta, who, by the way, is a sister of Kurt Tippett, the former Adelaide Crows uh, player, uh, Gretel Buetta, uh, was interviewed by Nat on the program. And here's just a snippet of what she had to say, the reasons why she pulled out of the Australian Diamonds because of a pregnancy. She gave the reasons why. And secondly, if she's likely to return. The first time she's spoken, she spoke to SENWA on the Ladbrokes Lounge with Nat Medhurst, who she regards as a mentor of hers because Nat was uh, a senior figure in the Diamonds, when Gretel was coming into the establishment. And this is what she had to say, firstly, about the coaching of Stacey Marinkovic. Yeah, Stacey 
she's honestly the best coach I've ever had. Um, she's an incredible person, and um, I just, I've just really loved every second of having her as my coach. And um, she, she knows too that family comes first, and um, she just handled the news so well. She was so excited for us um, first and foremost, and then. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because I did drop a bomb on her. She was like, okay, um, what's next? The ball's in your court. You you do what you you think is, is right for the family. Have a chat to Nico and, and you guys decide. But um, I just, I knew, I found out literally the Friday um, after we trained and I gave her a call. She was the first person I called and I was like, look, I've just told Nico, you're the second person um, to know and... I just wanted to let you know because, like, this is this is huge, and I don't want to take anyone's spot playing pregnant um, when I can't, you know, play the January tour or the or the um, SSN season. So, um, if you, yeah, that's like my gut feeling. I don't, I, I could eat, I could have played, and um, yeah, it would have been hard though. I think now thinking about how tired you get at um, night time and things like that, but. Um, I could definitely have played, but I just didn't want to. I didn't want to take anyone's spot, and I would have felt felt awful um, if I couldn't go out there and play how I knew I had been playing. Um, it would have almost been a bit a bit frustrating. And I've never played pregnant before, so I don't know whether I would have got really protective and maybe pulled out of pulled out of um, things that I wouldn't usually pull out of out of contests. So I was like, look, there's lots of um, yeah, there's lots of incredible players in our squad that can can um, do the job, and um, yeah, I felt most comfortable with that. So um, I just said, if I'm pulling out, I won't. Uh, if I go to if I go to camp, I won't be able to um, stand it. I want to join in. <laughs> and I know you've ruled yourself out for the 23 Suncorp Super Netball season but straight away everyone's going well is she going to be around for the netball world cup you made an incredible return from bobby i know coming back from number two there's a whole different sort of dynamics and things that you have to worry about has there been anything on your mind around 23 uh what world cup or are you just assuming you're out of it what's sort of been the conversational thought process around you i am aware it's early days though yeah, I think, um, oh, look, I've got my scan on the 25th of October, so that's the first hurdle, just to see, um, yeah, check how baby's travelling and, and growing, and um, their health is our main priority, so we can have a healthy, happy little baby. Um, we'll be st- absolutely stoked. And, um, yeah, look, it'll just depend how the body goes, and I know, yeah, second, second time round, so far, it's very early days, but um, felt similar to Bobby. So I don't know if that means another boy. Um, <laughs> or I'll have to ask you off air if your two were the same. But yeah, it was. Um, it, it's something that I think growing up loving playing the game is something that you always. I still lo- absolutely love the game, and um, look, what will be will be. But I know it's it's huge. So and it's, it would be a really quick turnaround. So. Look, I think the girl's in pretty safe hands. Um, and we'll just see what happens. Well, Nat Medhurst uh, said that uh, Gretel is the best player in the world at the moment. And there's no question that the Diamonds are missing her uh, as far as one of their linchpins in scoring goals. Uh, going down to New Zealand 
in both games so far in the Constellation Cup on the land of the long white cloud. As we go to the break, uh, we're going to come back with Brad Hogg after the break, just updating what's happening in cricket. Firstly, it was day one of the Sheffield Shield match between Victoria and WA being played at the Junction Oval in Melbourne. And WA, five for 290 at stumps. They were one for 200 at T, actually. They lost four wickets in the final session. But uh, before that, Cameron Bancroft made an even 100, 82 to Sam Whiteman. They put on a terrific opening stand that yielded 146. Teague Wiley, of course, a sensation from the opening Sheffield Shield game, made 49. Hilton Cartwright is 39 not out. And Corey uh, Roccaccioli is one not out. So five for 290. Having a look at the uh, T20 World Cup, currently underway. A couple of upsets, as we know. A win for Namibia over Sri Lanka. A win for the Scottish men over the West Indies today. Played at Bloodstone Arena in Hobart. Uh, the Scottish batting after 20 overs, 5 for 160. And the West Indies routed for only 118 in the 19th over. In fact, dismissed in 18.3 overs. So quite an incredible performance there by Scotland as the upsets continue in the first stage of the ICC Men's T20 World Cup. Currently, Ireland are taking on Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe are batting. That's the doubleheader at Bloodstone Arena in Hobart. Zimbabwe are one for 11 in the second over. And in the warm-up game, India beat Australia by six runs at the Gabba in Brisbane as they prepare for the big stuff starting the weekend. India made seven for 186, and Australia, in reply, could only make 180. Mitch Marsh made 35, Aaron Finch 76, and Glenn Maxwell 23, uh, the leading uh, run getters for Australia, but they fell uh, just a few runs short, as you can see, seven for 186 India, Australia 180. We'll talk T20 World Cup with Brad Og next here on Drive. Tilma, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Yes, we're keeping you right up to date with everything that's happening in sport right across uh, The Drive program with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Tyre Power. Buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres at Tyre Power. They're bringing the sports news headlines. We'll update the cricket again for you a bit later on with that uh, current T20 match underway between Ireland and Zimbabwe. But a man that knows about T20 cricket, he's broadcasted, he's played it at the highest level and he'll be joining the SENWA ICC T20 commentary team on this side of the country is Brad Hogg. And Brad joins us on the program this afternoon. Hoggy, how are you? I'm going very well, Pete. How are you going? Good, thanks. I hear you've been very, very busy. You've been travelling overseas and everybody wants a bit of you, but you must be looking forward to the ICC T20 World Cup. And let me tell you, if uh, this week's an indication, as you know, it's round one with Namibia winning and today Scotland beating the West Indies, we might be in for a few surprises. Yeah, well, we've already had a couple of surprises, but that just shows that you've got to be ready when you come here. And uh, I don't think Sri Lanka were. I think they got bamboozled yesterday. They uh, they were trying to hit short boundaries rather than just play their natural game and uh, hit, hit in the areas which are still vacant in those longer boundaries. So, um, yeah, it was disappointing to see Sri Lanka go down and even more disappointing with the way that the West Indies went down today. And 
everyone can say that they didn't bring Narine or uh, Andre Russell here, but at the end of the day, uh, times have changed and you, you want to pick those players that uh, are putting in for your country, staying there and, uh, and playing grassroots cricket. And I think West Indies have rewarded those particular players, but now it's for, the, for them to stand up and uh, try and repay the favour to the selectors. There's no excuse, is there, Hoggy, when you look at the West Indies, uh, dismissed for 118 in only 18.3 overs by a team like Scotland. Uh, When you look at it, is it more of the mental approach or they found the track a bit different there in Geelong? How do you affect uh, down there in Hobart? How did you appraise it all? Uh, look, look at the end of the day, I, I just think they'll put under pressure. I think when you when you sort of chase 161 and you weren't expecting the opposition to get that total, and you, you're playing someone that's uh, meant to be far less uh, talented than what you are, I think you take it a little bit easier. And then when you get behind the eight ball. Uh, and you've got to try and catch things up, um, you, you, you find that you, you start to panic and the opposition can really get on top of you. And that, that's what happened with the West Indies. I remember a semi-final against Kenya. I think it was the 2003 World Cup out Durban. And uh, we lost a couple of early wickets and all of a sudden, uh, you know, we're starting to panic down the lower order and we nearly got toppled by Kenya. And that was just the simple fact that we, we uh, were expected to win and win easily and uh, we just let our guard down a little bit and we allowed the opposition to uh, have a little bit of a sniff and when they do get a sniff, um, the whole momentum changes. Of course, uh, there is two groups of four in that. The top two go through to the next phase, which is, of course next week in the Super 12s, where Australia will contest. Today in the warm-up game at the Gabba, they were beaten by India by six runs. How do you see the Aussies at the moment? Yeah, I'm not too worried about today's game. It's more about uh, the, the couple of games that they played against England. And uh, I think I think England are the team to beat on this particular uh, tour. But Australia, they've got to sort out what, what their bowling lineup is. Do they play Cummins or do they play Richardson? Uh, I think Richardson's probably a better death bowling option. And I, I think they need that in this particular T20 World Cup. So do they go with Cummins, who can bat a little bit better than Richardson, or do they stick with Richardson? That's probably the big question. And uh, just a balanced middle order as well. Um, I, I just don't think they've settled in that middle order. Uh, they've been chopping and change their, uh, changing their lineup uh, quite regularly over the last uh, couple of months. And, you know, I just feel that they're a little bit disorganised. But in saying that, I said the same thing when they went to the UAE as well and they toppled everyone there. Um, and, and they'll probably be the underdogs there as well. So for me, we'll just have to sit and wait and hopefully they've got things right there now. Is Steve Smith going to get a Guernsey or do you think it's best to leave him out? Uh, look, that's a, that's a very tough question, but... Uh, with, with the way that T20 cricket's going right now, I just think you need that high strike rate in that middle order. Uh, and I, I just think Steve Smith, uh, would, if I was selector, I probably wouldn't play him. Uh, and I know that's a harsh call, but you probably want players with uh, high strike rates. But again, in saying that, you, you know, Glenn Maxwell's got to stand up as well and find a bit of form in that uh, that middle order as well. We can't just have a little bit of hit and miss from him as well. But he's a match winner on his day. But it's got to happen more frequently than what is happening right now. What about the bowling stocks, Hoggy? How do you see Australia's bowling stocks? And how many pacemen do you have the luxury of playing in the T20? 
Look, T20 cricket, I, I think you still rely on your top six. If your top four don't uh, bat till the 15th, 16th over, you're generally in trouble. But uh, I just rely on the top six. I'd, I'd play four frontline uh, front quicks. So I think you've, you've got to play to your strength and, uh, and and you'd have Adam Zampa there. So that's five bowlers with uh, with uh, um, you bat down to six. But if you, if you go with the four frontline quicks, uh, that, that puts Cummins in there as well. And Cummins can Handle, uh, can handle the bat, so uh, he can bat around that seven mark for you as well and just try and finish off the innings if need be. That, that, that's probably the way that I'd go with it, Peter. Okay, Australia, as we know, won the last T20 World Cup, as you pointed out, in the UAE. Who do you like going into this uh, tournament, particularly next week when all the big nations, uh, of course, play their opening games? Well, in saying that, the reason why I'd go with four quicks is because it's a quicker and bouncier over here in Australia. I think New Zealand's got a bouncier track than us, but it's not as quick. So that's an advantage to us, and I think we've got to play to the advantage. But in in saying that, England are probably the best players of 140-plus bowling that that happens. So England are favourites with their batting lineup. Probably their bowling lineup uh, is a little bit effy, but they've got three uh, left armers there that are all very good with the new ball. They get to the, swing the ball in, so they'll get early wickets in the power play, especially against right arm openers. So uh, that, that's where I see England uh, with their strength in batting and, and early power play wickets. That's why I think they're probably favourites. And then you go to Pakistan. Uh, pa- Pakistan have probably got the quickest attack uh, on the so- on uh, Australian soil this this particular T20 World Cup. Um, so with that, I, I think they've got the advantage there, but it's just their, their middle order batting that uh, struggles because it's put under pressure by the two openers who've got a slow strike rate. So that's where Pakistan fall away. And uh, India, you, you can't write them off. They've got a, a quality batting lineup and a decent bowling lineup. The only thing that they miss is probably Jadeja and Boomer. What, the reason why I say Jadeja is because, yes, he can bowl a bit, he can bat a bit, but uh, just in that field... With the big boundaries here in Australia, you need quality fielders, and uh, that, that's one player that they miss in a hot spot. And he's quick across the ground, good arm, and uh, very athletic. And uh, the rest of them probably drop off in that that department. Mm. So that's where India fall away. Yeah, just looking but at England, pa- the favourites for me. England, the favourites for you. Looking at Pakistan, they're in a warm up against England at the Gabba in Brisbane at the moment. And we're in the 15th over, and Pakistan are five for 123. So when you look at the Super 12s, Hoggy. Australia in Group 1 against Afghanistan. They've got England in there. They've got New Zealand. And, of course, two qualifiers, one from Group A and the other one from Group B. So it's not going to be easy for the Aussies, isn't it? You're favouring England. So it could be against Australia and New Zealand who progress through to the semifinals. Yeah, yes, uh, de- definitely. I, th- I think the way that England uh, played uh, Australia here on on our home soil, I just thought they dominated us and, that, you know, they were, they were on top of us. So... Uh, I, I like the way that they played it. It's made uh, the Australian think tank change. Uh, well, think about how they're going to approach it. New Zealand uh, always a dangerous force, it's, especially when they play for, uh, against Australia. They always stand up. But I just think they're a little bit unsettled at the moment. Milne and uh, Ferguson, who are their two quickest bowlers, have both uh, got a little bit of an injury, so they, they need them both fit if they're going to have any success. And uh, Mitchell in the middle order, he's had a bit of a broken uh, finger or a 
a, a problem with the finger at the moment, which has kept him out of the team. And he's probably one of their most dominating batting, batsmen at the moment and one who's in form that uh, they'll miss. And probably their spinners will drop off. So I, I think New Zealand probably won't be as competitive this year. And I think Australia will have the advantage there. But don't write Afghanistan off either. I think uh, if, you, if you look at uh, all the teams in that group against spin, Afghanistan have got three quality spinners in there. Uh, and I, I think instead of trying to bowl quick uh, or uh, utilise pace against these three other teams, I think Afghanistan should go to their strength and use three quality spinners and just see if they can uh, un- unsettle uh, the opposition team's uh, middle order and use Majib Ray- uh, 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 Raymond in the, uh, in the power play overs uh, with, with his off spin with a, a couple of media paces at the other end. And I think Afghanistan might be able to upset a team or two in this tournament. Mm, interesting. And, Hoggy, as we let you go, of course, five games here at Optus Stadium, one that I'm looking forward to, actually, and we'll be working on this together, is in Group 2 when India and South Africa battled here at Optus Stadium. That should be a beauty. Yeah, look, I was a little bit worried about South Africa uh, with the way that they were playing against India over uh, just in their little series that they've just had over there in the subcontinent. But um, they've just knocked off New Zealand quite comfortably in a warm-up match. So uh, that, that puts them in a, in a uh, different uh, a different light at the present moment. But I think if, if South Africa are going to have any inroads in this particular tournament, it's Miller in the middle order that really needs to, uh, needs to fire. He's a, he's a quality batsman, has a high strike rate, but uh, you know he, he he needs to make the bulk of the runs uh, for, for South Africa. And uh, Markram also coming in at number four. I, I think he's a quality player, and he can just hold that middle order, and uh, he can he can really power away at the back end. So. I think those two batsmen are a real keys for South Africa, and uh, Norky's fitness is probably the uh, the big question mark as well. If Norky's fully fit, uh, that just adds a good balance to their pace attack because he's one of the quickest bowlers going around, and he's very hard to get away, especially on these bouncy wickets yeah, here in Australia. He certainly commands a bit of speed. Don't worry about that, Norky. Thanks for joining us, Hoggy. I'm looking forward to working with you uh, during the course of the T20 World Cup matches here at Optus Stadium. Uh, have a good night, mate, and you've given us a nice little insight here on the program this afternoon. Right. Thanks very much, Pete. Have a great day, mate. Good on you, mate. Brad Hogg, oh, he's charged up, you can tell, can't you? 28 past five, and this is, of course, a drive with Peter Vlahos, all thanks to Toolmart. You can get the right tool from the start. They are the complete tool centre. Come and join us on the Temper of Bedshed text line. Love to get your thoughts. Just jot a number down. Where do you think Australia will finish? Will they get to the semi-finals? As I said, their group will comprise Afghanistan, Australia, England, New Zealand, one team from the Group A, which is Namibia, Netherlands, Sri Lanka, or the UAE, and one team from Group B, which is Ireland, Scotland, West Indies, and Zimbabwe. Can they progress through to the semi-finals, or do you think they'll fall short? Love to get your thoughts on it right now. On the temperate bedjet text line 0487 736 736. We're going to speak to five-time Breckler medal winner, Shane Nelson, who joins West Perth great Ray Schofield and is only now Mel Winnan with nine Breckler medals is in front of him. That's an incredible uh, feat by Shane Nelson. We'll speak to him next here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. 
coming up 26 to 6. Great to have your company here on the Monday edition of Drive, wherever you may be listening throughout Perth and Western Australia. Well, the, the celebrations probably culminated at the West Perth Footy Club on Saturday night with the awarding of the Breckler Medal to the fairest and best player. And I love stories, and this is the reason I've got this gentleman on, is as we know, West Perth, a, a founding club, a very proud club. And Mel Winnan won the Breckler Medal nine times in an illustrious career during the 60s and 70s. Now, before that, there was a player called Ray Schofield who won it five times during the late 40s and 50s for West Perth. Again, West Perth were a strong side. And he only passed away, in fact, a few years ago, did Ray Schofield at the age of 92. But what happened on Saturday night was that there was a gentleman who joined Ray Schofield in winning his fifth Breckler medal, which is a great achievement in his own right. Of course, a tie with Mitchell Pearce in a premiership year for the West Perth Football Club. And when you look back at the history of the West Perth Football Club, this gentleman now must be in line to be not only a Hall of Famer at West Perth, but maybe a WAFL Hall of Famer when he does retire. Shane Nelson, congratulations on your award again on Saturday night. Yeah, good day, Pete. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Uh, how did you feel? Uh, as I said, five Breckler medals is quite an incredible achievement considering there's only one player that's won more than you, and that's Mel Winnan, probably one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, look, it's, a, it's a, obviously a massive honour. Um, you know, a bit of a shock to to get my name called out on, on Saturday night as well, um, considering, yeah, like you said before, it was a premiership year and we've had so many um, contributors this year and, and so many guys that have had great seasons. So to be called up on, on Saturday night was, um, you know, a, a huge honour. Saying that, you've won the Breckler medal in West Perth's last two premiership seasons, which uh, really is an epitome that you seem to go well when the team's going well. Yeah, I guess you could I guess you could look at it like that. Um, yeah, look, like I said, we've we've had so many guys this year that have performed well, and and you know I've been I've been part of you know just a, an ongoing machine this year. That um, yeah, and back in 2013 is part of the um, part of the way we want to play and 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 our way to success. And I've um, you know managed to to play to play that role as well. Of course, stemming from uh, the Northern Corridor, Edgewater, Woodvale Footy Club, uh, and it's almost a decade between your first Breckler. And uh, your second Breckler, or so your fifth Breckler, life changed a bit for Shane Nelson in that decade, hasn't it? Yeah, it has a bit. Um, yeah, I've, I've got a kid now, so <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that's that's a bit of a change, I guess. But um, yeah, look, yeah, I've, I've been um, you know lucky enough to be a part of you know a, a good, successful side. Um, you know, we probably uh, you know haven't you know had you know the the accolades of, of winning a flag over over my journey, but you know, you've certainly always been around the mark. So. Um, you know, to to get to 29 now, and and you know, to to win another premiership and to win a Breckler in in that in that year again. So, um, you know, it, it's you know, I'm sort of pinching myself a little bit. You're saying that you're a father now, and of course, uh, you're a married man, so you've got a lot of responsibilities these days. Not only just looking after yourself, but saying that the family has been very supportive of you, haven't they? Uh, every game, I think your mum goes down, her partner's down there. Naturally, your wife and the little one come along, and that's important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had been lucky to have great support um, throughout my entire career since since I first started um, playing footy. Um, you know, my old man obviously 
he passed away, um, you know, as I started my uh, waffle career. But, um, you know, my mom and, and um, you know, my, my brother, my brother as well, who I've been lucky enough to, to share a lot of the journey with. Um, but, yeah, they all, I've been lucky to, to have such great support and, and support network, which, um, you know, has helped me, um, you know, to progress throughout my career. Now, of course, you mentioned uh, your brother Scott, of course, has played uh, in the league side and in the reserves as well. Saying that, uh, was there a chance uh, that maybe with the passing of your dad, which was a huge shock to yourself, that you may have given away football altogether? Um, do you go back to that period at all and reflect? Um, oh, look, it's it certainly, it certainly when you first go through it, it, it certainly crosses your mind of, you know, can I, you know, continue? You know, my old man was such an important part of my, of my football. And, um, you know, I sort of, you know, struggled for a little bit there to, to get mentally, um, to get mentally right. But, um, you know, I've had such, like I said, such great family support and, um, you know, I know he wouldn't want me doing anything else. And the club and the club itself, West Perth have, have put their arms around me and, um, you know, pushed me through those hard times. And, um, you know, now I'm so grateful for, for them doing that. And, and certainly the guys that I've played with over my journey have, have helped me, um, you know, just love the game of footy and continuing to, um, you know, continuing to, to play. It just seems that way. Everybody involved with West Perth seems to love their footy. Now, you're 29 years of age. You're one of the elder statesmen. Did uh, you keep the younger boys under control? Um, yeah, I try to. Um, you know, a lot of them, you know, uh, you, know you see different... Uh, you know, different guys coming through every year and, and different younger sort of blokes coming through and everyone's got different personalities. But, um, you know, I try and, you know, give, give my give my best to, to try and lead them the way, whether it's, you know, at, at training or at the old hippie club, you know, taking them on my wing and, um, you know, just trying to, you know, guide them is the best way that I can and, and, and the only way I know. You notched up your 200th game of WAFL football, which is an incredible testament to yourself and your endurance and, your ability to continue playing. You ready to go again in 2023? Yeah, look, I still feel um, I've still got a, a fair bit of footy, um, you know, ahead of me. And, um, you know, it's, it's an exciting time of the club as well. Uh, when you look at uh, sorry, this year, you know, all three grades making the grand final, um, you know, we're probably in a bit of a window at the moment where um, we can certainly try and push, you know, for, for more premierships over the next few years. And, um, you know, personally, I feel good. The body's holding up well and, um, you know, like I said, I still feel like I've got a lot left to give. Did you expect to be a joint winner of the Breckler on Saturday night, honestly? Um, oh, look, not, not, not really. Um, you know, I expected, um, you know, that you know, Luke Meadows has had a massive year. Um, uh, Tristan Hobley, um, you know, these sort of guys, Mitch, even Mitchell Pearce, you know, to come out on top and, and win it. But, um, you know, when... It was cold and, and joint, you know, I was, I was super, super happy, um, you know, to be able to share that with Mitch as, you know, I've been part of his journey for, you know, since he first started and, and seen, you know, what the hard work he's put in throughout his career um, so far. And, you know, he thoroughly deserved to, to win a Breckler medal. And, you know, I probably would have been a little bit disappointed if, you know, I had have, um, you know, won it on my own. Mm. Just a couple of final questions. So you're keen to go on in 2023. I gather... After the grand final, there may have been a couple of the players contemplating whether they would go again. Do you sense that your mates will come along for the ride again next year? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know, like I said before, we've we've um, you know probably in that in that period where we've we've got a strong a strong list and, and a lot of depth in our club, and um, you know I, I think you know it's probably Blackie's probably the one that um, you know there's been a bit of talk about him hanging him up, but I can tell you now that. 
you know, he's more hungry than ever then to, uh, you know, to, to taste more success. Um, you know, once you taste it a few times, you, you just want to keep winning it and you just want to keep, you know, pushing yourself and, and just enjoying the experience and, um, you know, trying to gain that, that, that premiership success with, with other guys at the club and, and just, you know, it's just such a good feeling and it's such a good place to be around the West Coast Footy Club and, you know, the culture's great. So, um, you know, I can't see why not anyone wouldn't want to continue to, to, to carry on. Well, there's no question you'll be a West Perth Hall of Famer in time and possibly even a WA Football Hall of Famer. Five Brecklers is nothing to be sneezed at. See, sometimes pinch yourself when you're... And you wouldn't remember these plays. You would have seen Mel Winnan. He still goes occasionally down to see West Perth play, but you wouldn't have known Ray Schofield, who was a legend in the 40s and 50s and even before my time. Do you sometimes think to yourself, I, I, I'm, it's surprising that I could be now considered amongst those greats of the club? Yeah, it does, yeah. I mean, sort of pinch yourself, you know, when you when you look back and you think of, you know, winning your first Breckler and then, you know, you're, 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 you're very happy and, and honoured to, to um, you know, to, to join the Breckler club. And then, you know, now, you know, on Saturday, I, you know, I had to pin myself a couple of times that, you know, I was now up there with, you know, like, like you said, Ray Schofield, who's obviously a legend of the game, and, and Mel Winnan, who, um, you know, I, I don't think anyone will ever break his, Breckler medal record, but you know, to to be in the same sort of bracket as as those guys, um, you know, is certainly a, a huge honour and, and something that I never thought I'd get to. And as I let you go, you know that the question would have been asked of your lovely wife Anita. Anita, I'd like to go again next year, and if she didn't give you the tick of approval, you might have hung up the boots. Is that correct? Uh no, that's that's not that's <laughs> not true at all. That's <laughs> no, nah, she's uh, she's a she's a very supportive wife and. Um, you know, she, she loves to, to see me happy and she knows how much, how much footy and, and being around that, that footy club, um, you know, it brings me happiness. And, um, you know, some people say that, you know, being a father, you can, um, you know, you can sort of like lose your, lose your mind or whatnot and, and uh, you know, not want to, you know, continue on. But for me, it's sort of just, um, you know, giving me a good balance in life. And, um, you know, I've been able to really enjoy my footy a lot more this year. So I'm sure she'll, uh, I'm sure she'll let me go again. Good on you, mate. Well done. Congratulations. Uh, no mean feat, as I mentioned. Five Brecklers is quite outstanding. Congratulations. Good luck uh, for next season. Hopefully we'll chat to you before then and pass on our best to the family as well. No, thanks, Pete. Thanks for having me. Good on you. Shane Nelson uh, joining us here on Drive with Peter Vlahos here on SENWA. That is an incredible achievement. Congratulations to him. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back with more in a moment. It's 16 to 6. Tilma, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. And don't forget, uh, Perth Wildcats uh, tickets are available for all their big home games coming up at ROC Arena. Get behind the Perth Wildcats this season. Head to tickettech.com.au now. And for tyre power, where you buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres, just updating the cricket. In a World Cup uh, first-round match currently being played at Bloodstone Arena, Zimbabwe in the 10th over, a three for 79 against Ireland. In the first game played there as part of the double header, Scotland caused an upset. They beat the West Indies. The Scottish made 560 off their 20 overs and then bundled out the West Indies for a paltry 118 of 18.3 overs. Uh, WA are in a pretty good position at stumps on day one of their Sheffield Shield match against Victoria. 
Five for 290. Cameron Bancroft made exactly 100 at the top of the order. At one stage, WA were one for 200 at T, but then lost four wickets for 90 in the final session to end up at five for 290. So you're probably looking at a score around 400, possibly when the second day resumes uh, tomorrow. In a couple of uh, T20 warm-up matches, the Indians uh, defeated Australia at the Gabba in Brisbane. Uh, India made seven for 186 off their 20 overs and Australia were bundled out for 180. Uh, Aaron Finch actually returned to a bit of form ahead of uh, the big uh, start to the tournament for the Australians on the weekend. He made 76 at the top of the order where Mitch Marsh together opened and he made 35. And the other game, as I said, a doubleheader at the Gabba. Pakistan with one over to be bowled to them against England. Uh, eight for 160. Eight for 160 against the English. So that brings you right up to date with what's happening in cricket. All right, let's go back to one of the big stories today and no doubt centres around uh, Ross Lyon. Uh, a short time ago, actually, he was what we termed doorstopped by a television crew about possibly the St Kilda job. This is what he had to say. Can we just ask you briefly uh, if you're interested? I know you've got commercial interest in the St Kilda job. I just had a, a meeting inside then, so yeah, it's um, it's a it's a it's um, it's a big step, isn't it? Uh, didn't say much, uh, but he looked pretty like the cat had his tongue. Uh, but he was, I think, smiling from ear to ear. So it looks like he's certainly been interviewed today, and that was courtesy of Channel 7 there in Melbourne, uh, doorstopping Ross Lyon. Interesting also that Malcolm Blight on Channel 10, who coached the Saints for one year, uh, 15 games all up uh, before he was moved on, said this about the situation there. I couldn't give a rat's toss bag whether he thought I could coach or anyone thinks I can coach or could play. I don't care. Have an opinion, we all have an opinion. But when he talked about commitment to St Kilda, for the time I was there, it's absolute garbage, made by a very naive person. Say I couldn't coach Stephen, say I made the wrong call, say I said something to the wrong, say I said something bad. All I did was handle some egos, tried to handle some egos with a very bad football club that had won two games a year before. You said that you weren't good with kids, you were better with a mature list. Oh yeah. So in Adelaide or Geelong, two very young teams came from nowhere to play in grand finals with young teams? Come on, that's a wank. <laughs> Blighty getting fired up on Channel 10, of course, when he was coaching at St Kilda. A couple of the so-called decision-makers suggesting when interviewed that maybe Blighty wasn't the right man for the job. As they pointed out, St Kilda, they thought in the end, even 101 days ago, they thought that Brett Ratton was the right man for the job. Clearly, uh, he wasn't with what's happened down there. And finally, of course, Stephen Milne was interviewed this morning on uh, the Breakfast with Scotty and Goss breakfast program here on SENWA. And this is what he had to say about Ross possibly returning to Moorabbin. Oh, 100%. Once Ross puts his uh, mind into anything, it's 110%, and he will do anything in his power to make this club great again. Um, so I think if he's in, Ross is all in. It's no half-hearted. He will do everything he can, you know, working 16-hour days like he used to when I was coaching um, to, to do that and get the club right. So um, I think he's got that, obviously, mental capacity to just, I'm in, so let's get this job done and get the Saints where they need to be up at the top of the ladder again. So, and obviously, Louis a big fan of his, Joey's me. Obviously, uh, Brendan Goddard put his hand up to obviously help. So I think 
all the past players will be right around it and just yeah so hopefully hopefully there's a, a few phone calls being made today or this week to um if, if, even if he hasn't done that already so so interesting times ahead yeah interesting times naturally the past players are rallying around but hang on he hasn't been there for 10 years there's a new generation of player there and the big question must be asked can he gel with them look at what the past players have to say uh, they've had some good experiences with ross supposedly but it's all about the current generation of player, isn't it, really? And whether he's got the ability to mould them into a very good unit and whether they, this next generation of St Kilda player, do warm to what Ross Lyon is all about as a senior coach. That's the big $64,000 question. All right, hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, just repeating that Perth Wildcats captain Jesse Wagstaff can accept a one-match suspension for the screen, which concussed Melbourne United's Lockie Baker. If he challenges, he gets the risk of being banned for two games. He's got until 3 o'clock on Wednesday to make that decision. And in the EPL last night, what a classic game that was. Liverpool defeating Manchester City by one goal to nil. Jurgen Klopp was shown the red card, the manager of Liverpool, midway through that second half in dramatic scenes. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Jimmy. That's been the show. Hope you've enjoyed Shane Nelson and Brad Hogg. I'll be back with more from 5 o'clock tomorrow. Have a good night.